<laughs> That's a name for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's blurry. Can you pull it back a little bit? It's a little bit blurry. Oh, but. It's a but. Is that from Hawaii? It is. Do you want to tell her what it is? Or do you just want to let what it do you be think mysterious? It what do you think it is? It looks like feet and somebody's butt and like they're bending over. Oh, like they're doing like, like they're diving. Yeah, but they're what diving? is it? Can oh, what's it made what it of? What it's for. What it's for? It's yeah, it, a door stop? It's to, shut it's a door up, stop. Elliot. It's to help you put on shoes. <laughs> that, I thought it was a shoehorn too, or a shoe ass. Shoehorn, but, that's it. But it's a door stop. It's a door stop. Oh, clever. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cute. I couldn't think of the word for shoehorn. Jesus. Well, it's uh, it's not a shoehorn, but that's all good. It's a weird butt that Benjamin keeps behind him, keeps his butt around. Anyway, good morning and welcome to Solid Ground live stream Monday, January 29th. And we have uh, we have Benjamin Boyce with us again. Thank you for joining us, Benjamin. Yeah, but what's a front butt called then? Like, what should I have, mean? where, where would I put a butt if not behind me? Like, do you mm. think I want a front butt? What does that even mean? What's a front butt? I don't know. Like, where does a butt, where else would a butt you go? You have a weird thing me? about where a butt ends. You can start a sentence with butt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, and we, we this is a very highbrow discussion. I know. I feel so <laughs> professional right now. It's like we had the war on tits yesterday, and today and we now have butts. the placement of the butts. It's just TNA with you, Benjamin. <laughs> I'm a man. I'm a man. I'm a man. Yes, I so, am. Okay. So we had this. We, uh, the you, the ladies here, and I were having this chat in our in our. Um, chat thread that we keep going about the stream and this topic i was really interested in talking to you guys about this specific thing about how uh some of the gender confusion if you will or whatever you want to call it going on in our young people especially young women might be related to a backlash to beauty culture and to the pressures of i don't know cosmetic alteration and emphasis on that one aspect of a woman for so long. And I brought this up to you yesterday, Benjamin, we had a bit of a chat. We had a chance to kind of like oh, knock around some culture. ideas. And I am really interested in hearing what, what you ladies think about that and exploring this concept further. Um, does anybody want to first tell us, Hey, Benjamin, what is solid ground? I what do you think solid ground is? Oh, do you guys want me to do it? Why don't yeah, you send yeah. me the, you no, send no, me no, the, just send me the, send me the, can you think of what it solid is? Solid ground is not legally responsible for anything that <laughs> is uh, said to you in the court of law. It doesn't constitute ther therapy advice. Yeah. But it's a collection of people that are getting together to discuss issues in a very vulnerable type of way. And yeah. they, you guys have a website um, and there's calls and you guys talk with people. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Good job. It's a, a peer support community online. Peer support community. We have three uh, three peer support groups that meet every week. And we are here for discussion around all kinds of things. But the the purpose of the, the uh, group, the organization is to bring people together who are experiencing oppressive ideologies, authoritarian ideologies, and talk about if, if it's COVID mandates, if it's um, DEI, an opinionated critical social wife. justice. Hmm? An opinionated wife. You can... An opinionated wife. I guess that counts as a oppressive ideology. <laughs> maybe. I guess it could. Do you need a support group for that? I don't know. I'm saying like maybe like maybe someone out there has an opinionated wife and needs some relief from that. It's quite possible. And so we're at solidgroundsupport.com. Please feel free to join us. Five dollars a month. Um okay, so Deborah, Jennifer, do you have any thoughts about this topic? Beauty culture. Oh, and first I should say Adam Campbell Art says at least it's not a kindergarten educational toy. <laughs> the door stop. The door stop. Yeah, the, yeah, that was pretty cute. Butt stop. The butt stops here. Yeah. <laughs> so, what is beauty culture, and what is your relationship to it, um, ladies? 
Mm-hmm. I, I have to say, I think I'm sometimes I'm not as glad I'm old as I am, but in this case I am because I feel so far removed from any of this stuff because I'm not on Instagram. I'm not on all of these things. I'm not using filters. I'm not seeing whatever these things are. So like, I frankly don't even know if I look ridiculous or awful or <laughs> like, <laughs> like in any of these things, I don't wear clothes other people like I never was into that. So I don't, I don't relate to it so well. And I never really did what other teen girls did either. So I'm like odd in that regard, but I'm imagining if what you're constantly looking at taking in his input is suggesting something that would be hard to just not succumb to it, you know? So I guess I'm just feeling, I guess I said, I'm feeling grateful that I just don't have anything to do with it personally. That you're not caught up in it. No, I mean, I I can have things about maybe aging, but I just, I just don't even know, like probably if I do go look at all those things, maybe I would get upset. I don't know. I just, I just can't even be thinking, I can't even be thinking men are caring about that. I can't even be, I just don't. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I, I may have less to say about how people are morphing themselves according Mm -hmm. to all of this, because it's just, I see it. I see it happening. I'm concerned about it, but it feels so far removed because I've just, I've just never been fashionable. (laughs) Well, it seems like there's some subset of women who are, who, and girls who are really susceptible to social pressure around attractiveness. And there's another subset of women and girls who are less, less fixated on that and have found other things about themselves to be more important and have found uh, that there's some, that that's not the most important part of their life and they don't fixate on it too much, but there can be a lot of hyperfixation, and we see it broadly in the culture. I mean, I, I would describe just in my lifetime, what the awareness of things in would have started in the eighties, like the late eighties and then the nineties. So you saw just so much cosmetics, so much uh, cosmetic surgery, the reality TV craze, the Kardashians kind of bringing this into the, the um, kind of normalizing this, this idea of body alter uh, alterations, body modification for uh, an extreme body modification, like the hip, the BBL kind of look and the, the boobs and the, and then there was the mommy makeover thing where uh, there's a trend in plastic surgery for women to, after having babies to get a tummy tuck and a boob job. And if you are a woman of a certain age, like I'd say forties, fifties, you probably know a lot of other women who've had some procedures, whether you have or not, you probably have friends who have had some kind of procedures all the way from, you know, major plastic surgery to Botox or fillers or something like that, or even just having your eyelashes done. You know, you've got, there's a huge industry that, that is thriving based on women's insecurity, vanity, and desire for more beauty. And so this has been going on a long time and it's a superficial, what did you say, Benjamin? You said it really well yesterday. It was like, like there's, all these different phases of a woman's life and you can look at them in archetypes you know the young oh, yeah, girl yeah. oh yeah that was off maiden stage, mother maiden crown maiden mother yeah, crown. Yeah. and so there's this fixation and you used you used other words you were going with uh like you said venus this venus yeah. archetype Echo, venus and then the crown yeah, yeah and you said it's like this fixation on venus it's like we yeah. got stuck on venus like or, that's yeah, the most important part of determining that um yeah uh, and you know if you don't accept the that that your life has these different aspects to it and that the daughter is just as important as the mother is just as important as the grandmother and they have different functions they serve different functions but you're not going to be you're not going to be fertile forever and your beauty like we were talking about yesterday if beauty is serving what what does beauty serve it serves to some degree fertility to some degree um social hierarchy but if that is all you are if that is the most important thing then you're gonna feel really uncomfortable with your life you're not gonna live a well-rounded life or or those other parts of you gonna work out in the darkness you know the 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 weaver of the threads you know the the three fates you know like there's other things going Mm. on with you women Mm. you women well it seems like there's youth even this youth isn't I mean, male and female, I mean, women, I think probably way, uh, are, are more concerned about it, but we do live in a culture that just venerates being youthful. 
Um, and that's like on top, maybe that's layered on top of all of this or something. Um, we don't value old age that much. And sort of like get those people <laughs> out of the way. So I think mm. that compounds it. Oh, I was listening to this conversation after Benjamin and I talked. I listened to a podcast that Megan Murphy did with a woman named Cynthia Overgaard, and she's a birth professional. She's like a, uh, she does uh, birth education and postpartum work and, and things. And she's, just, she's really educated on this topic. And she was talking about how so many um, of the medical and, uh, and, I don't know it's not necessarily a medical process so you've also got midwifery so there's this whole birthing what do you call it the birthing economy I guess how so many people are going into um, these gender neutral ways of talking to women that they're serving so there's a lot of pressure for people to adopt <clears throat> words like birthing person over mother and chest feeding over breastfeeding or baby feeding. Baby feeding is another big one. I worked for a clinic that had a lactation um, clinic. And did as they a, have as a boob van? No, they didn't have oh. a boob van. I know you want a boob van, but no, they didn't have one. <laughs> they they had, but they were changing their name to baby feeding because they were looking for something that wasn't offensive to anybody. So they were trying to, but every, there's this pressure to, to neutralize and I wondered after listening to this conversation and after the conversation that we were having, if what we're experiencing with the, with the word woman isn't sort of a euphemistic treadmill, a, a perjuration sort of effect, like we have had with, and I know you're going to laugh, but like, like we've had with other words like moron, idiot, you know, these kind of clinical terms that were at one point were considered to be perfectly acceptable and then gained a connotation that was pejorative and fell out of favor and became, uh, became, uh, you know, uh, insulting. And so now we have this industry that's moving away from the word woman and this youth culture that's moving away from the word woman, at least some set of the youth culture that don't want to identify as that. And so I'm wondering what has that become associated with? What is it that we are seeing people move away from? And part of it seems to me to be this emphasis on the superficiality and the sexual objectification of, of the young woman, of the Venus archetype, if you will. And so I'm just curious to hear what your thoughts are on that. I feel like I personally would be very upset if I went to a gynecologist and she referred to my vagina as my front hole. And if she was using language that is indicative of being a follower of the current ideology, um, you know, if I'm outside the range of being the age range of being pregnant, but if I was pregnant, I would want to heavily, heavily experience myself as a mother to be, I would have a lot of emphasis on that. And it would, I would draw a lot of meaning from that. And it would also, I think, help me through the difficulty of pregnancy because pregnancy is all about preparing to be a mother and to take the word mother out of it and just be called a birthing person. Why even acknowledge personhood? Why don't you just say you're a birthing unit? I just find it so um, extraordinarily dehumanizing. And I think this is done in capitulation to a, a small but very loud and um, unreasonable portion of the population who's demanding these things. I, just, I, 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 f I find it ridiculous, I, honestly. It's not, it, this is the weird thing. It's not just appeasing that like small group. It's also appeasing the people who want to be on the right side of history. So like the people who are promoting yeah. this, the people who are yeah. in these fields that are doing this, predominantly women, think it's the right thing to do. So uh -huh. it's, not just, it's not just the TRAs or like the crazy yeah. people. It's like yeah. the people who are facilitating that. Yeah, process. like kind of people that are sort of more or less more or less normies, but they're veering, yeah, towards this because they they see this as sort of um, the right thing to do. This mm -hmm. is the compassionate thing to do. And I think that that is just um, very misguided, honestly. You know, thinking back to the girls, it, 
again, I would want to actually like talk to them and ask them, but it does seem like an opt out of that competition. It also seems like the video that you had us look at of the girl who was being a boyish and telling everybody else how to do it. I, I think there's this perception. I mean, we kind of hear this, that so many of these young girls think it's better to be a boy. Like you're just, life's going to be easier. It's not so sexist. And so I could see her, she was trying to do all this confident, like these bravado-y confident sort of poses. And I do wonder that if part of it isn't this notion that men are all confident, boys are all confident. The only way I can kind of have my confidence is, well, one, I won't perform femininity for the men the way they want it. So I'm not going to get my confidence by getting this feedback from the men. And then, and then it seems like the boys are up to something that it just seems really confident. So that way I can get it. So I see that as a, those as some potential contributions to all of this. Yeah, I feel like, I, you know, I had the experience of going into a gynecologist. I've talked with you guys about this. I was following up from an emergency surgery and I had to see a gynecologist and she was an older woman working with a younger, I don't know if they're residents or the doctor in training. So there were two women who were there, both doctor so-and-so and doctor so-and-so, and they couldn't use the word woman with me. They just wouldn't, they wouldn't. There was person with uterus, person with a vagina, person who menstruates, people who this, people who that. And I made sure to use the word woman in reference to myself. So I made it very clear that this was something that I was comfortable identifying as. It wasn't an effort to use neutral language in order to like sort of uh, walk on eggshells around what I might be identifying as. It was an attempt to, it, I felt like I was like, they were, they were enforcing a code for each other and also educating me in the mm -hmm. process. It felt very like, this is an, a learning, you're, they're using this clinical opportunity to inculcate me with this way of talking and it was really pretty gross I really I really came away with a bad taste in my mouth and I, I wrote a thing about it on Substack a while back um but I think that we can either be outraged by this or we can try to understand it and I'm trying to understand something here and I I I can be outraged about it too but I'm trying to shift gears a little bit and and look at how where is this coming from and I can tell you that for myself I felt a lot of discomfort with the word, word woman. I didn't want to be a woman. I did not. I mean, I went through my own gender dysphoria as a kid where I really wanted to be a boy. And that lasted, I don't know, into, into adolescence. And then I was fine. But then I was fine being a girl. And I was probably close to 30 before I could use the word woman. I remember having a conversation with my mother about it. Like, ugh, gross. Don't say that word. It was so gross to me, the idea of woman. And I'm, I'm wondering like, I, I'm trying to look back at myself and think, why was that? And there was also this real discomfort with like, uh, I was not some proud pregnant person either, a pregnant woman either. I wasn't like, uh, I, there, was, there was, there was, I had some hangups around this stuff. And I also had some being caught up in the attractiveness thing and the like never feeling good enough and always feeling like this pressure. To... So I'm wondering what what is that? And I, I wonder if there's a way to sort of look at this, if other people are experiencing this phenomenon, if this is some kind of a a cultural shift or trend and, and is it what is it a response to? And And I'm just, I'm kind of curious to see if this holds water for other people. You know what? Uh, oh, sorry. Go, Benjamin. No, no, that's fine. I mean, one thing that comes to mind is, and it's sad because I see this in younger people. And I had a client who actually was working in this domain called femtech, which there's this sort of view of like the actual bodily aspect of being a woman is massively inconvenient, hmm. and 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 being angry about it. And so I think one piece of it is whatever ways. There, there are the inconveniences, but like somehow culturally, it's even being reinforced that having different bodies is just in your way. And then there's this, as opposed to this embrace of it, as opposed to being saying like, wow, being a woman is wonderful. And look at all the amazing things your body can do. There's this bit of like, oh God, I gotta like work around this whole thing. And um, so I don't know if that's a factor. Like we're not really taught to sort of revere. There's a little bit more of horror um like if you, I can imagine there probably has been one there's probably been some horror movie that was really just about um some woman going through 
you know, puberty or something like that. And it doesn't seem like we get, I don't know if the men get it either, but it doesn't seem like we get to be feeling good about stepping into all of this um, and the changes, the, the challenges and then the opportunities. It just, it seems like it's getting more of a disgust vibe almost or something. Well, it seems like there's a lot of polarization about around what it is to be a woman, right? Like there's the, you're either sex, uh, sex fodder, you're, you're pornified, objectified, whatever, or there's the, the more feminist take, which is like, you have to be everything. You have to be what a man is. I don't know if there, if girls are losing the plot somewhere in between those two things, like, can't I be something else? Is it always a reaction? Mm. Is is everything always a reaction? I don't know. Like it, it seems like there's a dearth of uh, self determination. You know. Well, but yeah, but when development, I mean, if you're talking about the way a thing develops, yeah, how does one put self determination mm. into that process? Well, I, it like when I was young and very narcissistic, I was like obsessed with my looks i would i remember like when i was 19 like i would always look at my reflection like constantly like whenever i was walking around i was looking at myself um so i mean and that's probably developmentally appropriate when you're very narcissistic and a lot of my brain has started to come online in wonderful ways but i constellated my importance or my value in the world uh into like well what am i like I want to be a writer. I want to be an artist, you know, like something like I want to manifest something. I want to be good at something. But this whole identity trap is like, what do you, you're going to become a man? Like, okay, yeah, I am a man. Like, I want to be a good man. Like, that's something to become. Like, you want to become a man if you're a girl? Like, it doesn't seem, it seems very, like, what are you going to do once you get there? Like, are people going to admire you for being a man? I mean, like, in my head, like, I would be admired if I wrote, like, an excellent book and people would want to interview me because I was so important and clever and funny and, and uh, judicious and wise, you know? Um, but, like, it, like if you're just a man, like, if you're non-binary, like, that article shows up, like, okay, you're non-binary. Good for you. Good. Okay. You get to flash me your, your boob. But it's not a boob anymore. Good for you. This is the and, article you know, but you're talking about. On the on the screen now. Can you which see is it fine. now? I mean, mm -hmm. that's Teen Vogue. Like, do you expect Teen Vogue to be anything but shallow? I mean, but this is, I mean, my first thought when I looked at this was this is horrific. I think <laughs> it's horrific also. And they're, and they're glamorizing this for teenage girls that Teen Vogue has a huge influence. Yeah. And there's no point on teenagers in this here. This nipple thing that they're doing, except to promote. Is it a That's snipple? Because right. it got. It's a weird got, thing. Oof. It's just, it's like a Frankenstein kind of thing. It was so funny too because she talked about like people wouldn't accept her non-binary identity. She's being erased, and I'm thinking you're erasing yourself. I mean, you've already erasing yourself. Well, also, you know, bring up the topic of self-determination. Sorry, you can probably hear the train outside my window. Sorry about that. Um, this girl, look how cute she is. She's so cute. She's still a girl. And she's still, she's not, this doesn't look like a boy in any way. The thing that she's doing is putting on a posture that says, screw That's you. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of masculinized posture. But I think that um, being a woman is so extraordinarily complex, both physically and emotionally, that I'm not entirely surprised that this, uh, gender ideology has caught on with young girls because I remember entering puberty and it being really threatening to my sense of self, which had been really strong until that time. And I could see why someone might want to bypass the whole damn thing. And I think that what we need to do is offer more support to, to girls. Um, but I, I think that what they're offered is support in becoming more like guys, you know, it's like, I feel like with feminists, 
it's like the way to prove your value is to be more like a guy. Like they're always like, girls, you can be this, you can. And then they mention all these things that men do as if that's how, that's how you can gain your value is to be more like a guy. Mm-hmm. Well, why is that? That to me is kind of um, anti-female. And so you have that coming from the feminist and then you have this um, gender ideology that's now in schools and everywhere in our culture. And God, that feeling of being, um, you know, when a girl's body starts developing, it's, it's, it feels extremely private and you feel very self-conscious and you're trying to adjust to it. And at the same time, it's happening so publicly because of our secondary sex characteristics. You're constantly being judged. People are looking at you to see how big your boobs are. And back when I was in school, there, there were no rules about bullying or what you could and couldn't say to people. Um, and so guys would... Uh, scream and yell at us in the halls and yell out comments about our breasts. Mm -hmm. Um, People would do that to me in class. And I mean, I, when I retaliated by calling somebody who called me like a flat chested something or another, and I said that he was a needle dick, I am the one who got in trouble in class. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, just what girls go through is I think pretty staggering. And then you start having your period and and a lot of people have severe mood disturbance with their period and they're not getting enough support around that. I, th- I think it's just incredibly difficult and we don't have enough, we don't have enough support for young girls to see what's good about being female. Um, but I think what's difficult for all of us is to be female is on multiple levels to be vulnerable. You are vulnerable physically You're vulnerable. You're just vulnerable in ways that men are not. You're vulnerable because of the fact that you can get pregnant. You can have an unplanned pregnancy with an uncommitted, irresponsible partner, and that will change and reshape your entire life. We are incredibly vulnerable. So that's frightening, especially if you have certain things you want, dreams and aspirations, and you want to have some level of independence and self-determination. It's frightening. And I don't think we've really figured out how to navigate it in a way that's fair to both men and women. That's beautifully said. Ray in the chat says, boys can be a bit self-conscious around puberty too. Puberty was a shit storm back in the seventies. And it's true. I mean, I think that it's, it's one of those things, whenever you start talking about this, it sounds like you're putting one, you're, you're sort of throwing away the, the concerns of one side for in to in order to emphasize the other but it's really that they're both they're both and yes absolutely absolutely yeah i'm thinking of the young men imagine some developing a lot faster and you've got like some guy that's like big and muscly and someone else who just has not started to shoot up yet who is just like feels weak and small and these big guys are going to beat me up and they're going to make fun of me and do all of that yeah that's that's scary yeah yeah Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, abs- absolutely. Absolutely. I had a really hard time when I went in back that back when in my day, it wasn't middle school, it was junior high. And I had a terrible time transitioning into junior high from elementary school. Cause in elementary school, I was really physically matched with the boys and I was a bit of a tomboy and I would scrap with boys at recess. And I had no problem punching somebody if they were getting too obnoxious with me. And then in junior high, all of a sudden guys were making horrible comments to me about my body because I was rail thin and had, you know, the tiny boobs. I was just like a little teeny, teeny thing. And they would say something. And I suddenly realized I can't fight this person. I I can't punch them. I can't kick them. They could beat the crap out of me. And I felt so helpless. I felt like there's nothing I can do. Mm -hmm. I just have to take it. Uh, They have to, they can yell these comments out in the hallways. Everybody will turn and look at me. I I can't do a damned thing. Mm -hmm. And it was really, that for me was quite a um, negative introduction into becoming a woman. Reminds me of the arc for that movie Carrie or book Stephen King mm. book. Did you uh, <laughs> did you ever like go full yeah, psycho? Jen, too bad you, I can't do that thing. That? Like remember her eyes like snapped and then everything. Yeah, too bad. 
<laughs> That'd be friggin' awesome. Well, you know, and something that's happened, I would say, in in our re- recent cultural memory <laughs> is the the way that consumer advertising has commodified femininity and and capitalized very heavily on female vulnerabilities and and on aspects of femininity that are attractive to to men i mean for naturally attractive but have it's sort of like this like the can what the candification of it right so you've got like an, the the apple versus the the apple flavor jolly rancher you know the you take something and then you concentrate it in order to transactionalize it and that's really been done so heavily like sex sells how many times have you heard that sex sells well what is sex woman what is sex body boobs you know beautiful woman's body you don't mean sex you mean woman cells you mean the idea of se- of potential for sex with woman cells and so women have been there's this what has that done to the to the connotative uh meaning of woman of womanhood what has that done in our cultural recent memory i've talked with a young woman not that long ago who thinks that the gender ideology is silly and and crazy and doesn't buy into it but wears a binder and cries about being a woman doesn't want to be a woman because it's degrading and debasing and and i've and this isn't the only person i've heard express this you know so there's something going on in what it means to be a woman and i think also there's a Uh. whole nother conversation that could go around what it means to be a man we could this isn't this isn't like oh woe is me females right the the worst end of the stick because they're they're just different it's just a different conversation both ways but what have we done to yeah. ourselves and in you know somebody said something about luxury beliefs or luxury whatever and this goes to a conversation the conversation benjamin and i had last night also we were talking about um is this like a first world problems well I'll, you can judge that or you can try to understand that too you can either be mocking it ridiculing and judging it or you can be trying to understand it and if you try to think about culture as a person and you think about maslow's hierarchy of needs maybe after you've met a certain degree of your needs you start working on other stages of development and maybe first world problems is just the the next level of development of the organism Mm -hmm. you know i I don't know so where what what are y'all's thoughts you know, I'm thinking about, and I was thinking about this when you had your discussion yesterday and, and Mary Harrington talks about this all the time, but you know, what, what things, I don't think we can control this, but what things should or shouldn't be working in a marketplace, right? Like once we get beauty and looks and sex and all that, and, you know, dating and, and all of that is put in a marketplace, commodities, you know, sort of pricing value, it seems to just degrade whatever it is. I mean, I don't know how you could you know, have a commons or boundary, <laughs> any of these matters, but it seems like it makes everything into smaller components. Um, the body parts are separate from the person, the, you know, let's trade this image. I don't know. And so I don't know how we can really stop that. That would be my, one of my anti-capitalist probably angles would be when there's domains of life that should be in the, maybe more in the private realm, or I don't know, like something that just, we've talked about, you've talked about sanctity or sacredness, um, what happens when these things are moved out into the marketplace. But again, I don't know how to solve it and stop it or how you do it, but it seems to be somewhat in- inevitable. We might get, and, and consumption, even the notion of consumption, of wanting, of buying what I want to being a consumer. I mean, all of that mindset seems to contribute to this as well. Benjamin, you look like you're positively brimming with thoughts. Oh, well, I just have one question for you. <laughs> if uh, if front hole is is the gender neutral term for vagina, mm-hmm. is side hole the gender neutral term for mistress? Oh, I need a giant gong. I need, I need answers. I don't and then want the to comes. be impolite when introducing her about town. Uh, you have, yeah. do, you, do you have a mistress? You need a glossary. You need a glossary my, about holes. This is my prime hole, Leslie. 
and my side yes. hole. Side hole. Oh, what if you're in a polycule? What do you Bertha. do if you're in a polycule? If you're in a polycule, you would have like what primary, secondary, tertiary. I don't know. Have oh you guys God. seen <laughs> Eliza sent me on a rabbit hole chase through plurals on Reddit? And it's this community <laughs> of people on Reddit who are convinced and convincing each other that they have multiple personalities. Mm. And it's just like the uh. trans phenomena. I was reading this. I wanted to bring it up today. And I think this might be related just from the social contagion issue. I don't know. But um, this one person smoked pot and then started hearing voices and then comes over to plurals. They're like, okay, well. I, I'm trans femme, so I'm on hormones, but I might be plural. I had this experience that hasn't happened again. So I'm starting to like leave notes around the house for myself to see if I answer myself, my other people in my head. And, <laughs> and this other person's like, yeah, that happened to me too. You know, I'm trans, I'm a trans, uh, trans presenting uh, polycule or whatever, like plural. Um, and the notes are a good idea. You leave notes around. And if like, if you see answers to yourself, like then, you know, you're definitely plural, but don't press, don't force yourself down this road, you know, just relax. If it happens, it happens. If not, it's not. And you know, the whole egg phenomenon, right? Where everybody's like convinced, like there's this community online. It's like, oh, they don't know they're trans. We have to crack open the egg. You know, it's like the same thing with this thing. And you know, you know, if it gets a little bit more popular, Leslie, and all you counselors out there are going to have to start. Oh, no, no. And one person, no. one post was like, my therapist doesn't believe that I'm a plural. They think it's a, a delusion. Like, I need another therapist, mm -hmm. but I'm I'm scared of my dad because it's not safe for me to come out as plural at home. Oh We're God. using the same whole thing. You have to affirm it at school. The teacher's going to affirm the plural at school. Yeah, it's That's right. You have to affirm the plural. What's the plural flag going to be? Jay Bourne says, how do these people function through the day? And I think the point is that they don't. These are people who are... I think that is the point. These are people who are online way too much and they yeah. are... They are bored and they don't feel like they have any purpose. Well, and they're not what's connected. What's the difference between that and non-binary? Like, and, and, and just to push back a little bit on the affluenza thing, I mean, like, to what degree does it really matter if somebody is non-binary? It's like, are you going to do the laundry? Mm. Are you going to serve the world? And oh, stuff? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. I would just Stop being so obsessed with yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is. Selves. I think there's. Selves. <laughs> I don't mean to not be inclusive. I have to be inclusive of all the selves. Well, doesn't this relate to the concept of pro-felicity? Yes. And do you want to talk about, about that? No. no. Benjamin, we'll talk about this. Moiler, pro-felicity. It's been a while since I spoke about that, but there's this uh, pretty good YouTube guy. Uh, he's a philosopher. He's uh, actually a German philosopher in China, and he's kind of a commie. He's kind of a commie, not going to lie. But he has this uh, theory about like different stages of identity throughout time and how traditional modes of identity were your your identity was built out of, out of your function, like you're a father or you're a minor. You know, and then and then uh, and then modernity comes along with media and then you have this quest for authenticity. Right. It's like, who is who am I really? You're not just what you are. You're you're looking for your true identity. And that's the Gen X thing. You know, we're, we're, we're on our identity. We're authentic authenticity quest. And now because of media, because of social Internet, you're. Uh, you're. Uh, sorry, you're your muted. identity. Yeah, I'm sorry. Your identity is built out of your profile. So it's this and Moiler thinks that all these different stages one's no better or worse than other there's just trade-offs and it's just how people function in the world so a trans identity or a plural identity or your bio like if you go into leftist circles specifically your bio will include like how many medications you're on and like like which uh, which leg of yours like has a disability to it you know like you you, you stack up your profile and that is the that's the salient metric by which one's self is packaged and transmuted in in different you know environments. And so profilicity, and this this is something me and Leslie have kind of argued about or wrestled about because Leslie has an issue with social media. She doesn't want to like deal with the profile. She thinks it's fake. I'm I'm sorry to talk about you to okay. your face like this, but I, and I'm like, okay, well, you yeah, it's totally pronouns. fake. 
Yeah. It's totally fake. <laughs> and yet it's true. It's real because there is social valence there. So you have to understand that this is just a package that you're putting yourself into. Your profile online, it's a, it's a branding thing. It's not totally fake but it's not totally real either it's any cultivated. more than you're you're being a mom you know like yeah. I, I remember like uh kind of a, like a female not necessarily feminist talking point is that you have all these hats that you put on throughout the day you're like i'm going to be this person this person and this person and you're kind of aware that you're switching codes all the time and being a mom is a real thing but it's a mode of being too it's a mm -hmm. part of like your identity to a certain extent because it fulfills the role in your in being a mother right so there's mm -hmm. all these different things that you swap out and that you are to people and that's the weird thing when we get to our uh, stalker episode leslie like the whole parasocial aspect reaffirms that people yeah. have an idea of me in their head they have expectations of me in their head that's really funny when i get in trouble with the feminists um is that they they, they have this thing about we're so disappointed in you like wait i'm i don't owe you anything but they built up this this idea of me in their heads which is real to them and and it's it's salient to them it's just like i, I stepped out of that and then i stepped back into it and so that's why i kind of like perform uh, micro iconoclasm against my online profile by by just stepping out of character or having a lot of different characters or playing around with sentences on twitter which is like i'm not going to say my thoughts i'm just going to say a thought right like I, i'm kind of like dancing with the profile to make it a little bit more alive, more interactive, uh, have more texture to it. Yeah. Um, which if I was slick with the branding, I'd be a lot bigger as a personality or an influencer, but because I kind of like degrade my profile a little bit, it makes it hard for people to peg me into one category or another. And you get a lot further in this world if you stick to a script. Um, maybe, maybe that's interesting. So the profilicity thing, it's uh... and so femininity, what you're talking about with beauty and stuff, I think it's just, it's not, it's not a mature way of understanding. It's like, okay, my beauty is over here. It's like, no, my beauty's on top of me. It's like putting your shoe on your head, right? Like it's, your beauty is wearing you more than you're right. wearing your beauty, right? Well, it's a superficial aspect of self in some ways. There's a lot more to a life than how we present and how we communicate. But when we've over-exercised that aspect of ourselves through so much emphasis, like, through these kind of calls, like I'm on a call with, with three people. And when I look at it, I see myself reflected back too. And that's different than the way we interact in real, in the real world. That's a different thing. You would not, you wouldn't be able to focus on the self the way that we do. We wouldn't have to have a little, think about what picture you put up. I mean, I just, somebody was just, I just looking at my YouTube comments, somebody was criticizing, um, it was Christine Seifen. They they were like her her profile picture doesn't even look like her. It's like she's got an outdated um, headshot, you know. And so they're like there. And so there's criticisms of this. Like you have to think about these things, and that's an unnatural thing. It's introduced a new element. So it's introduced mm -hmm. the element of superficial focus on appearance to a degree that is new in the way people interact. So the profilicity thing it 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 throws new information at us for us to contend with like surfaces right and then i think of postmodernism, like just all of this deconstruction breaking down it's just like lots of surfaces like we're not, there's no essence anywhere i don't know like the whole social media just allows for more and more of this the way we, we interact with it and can you know we can present things we can present little icons we can but it, you're never going to get the whole looking at someone's or someone's essence looking at their profile or whatever their presence on social media paul mcauliffe in the chat says is it possible that we collectively put way too much emphasis on sex gender sexuality etc in my opinion that stuff should be part of us not define us i think that's a really good point and i also think that it seems like it's indicative of a of a an immature developmental stage and so if you go back to thinking about the culture as a developing organism when something has the opportunity to say what am i what's the first thing that a baby start with the first one of the first categories babies recognize is sex i don't know so this is just a kind of a thought that i've been having about cultural development evolution 
probably has its right place, but it's it's gotten obsessed obsessive. So yeah. obviously, sex, people mating, continuation of the species, right? But like yeah. like everything's just like people are being obsessed about all of it in a yeah. un, unsubstantial way. Yeah, and people have been breeding fine for centuries without all that level of, you know, weird obsession. I was thinking about what you were saying earlier, Leslie, about, you know, like in advertisements and media, seeing women in these very sort of sexualized ways and, you know, how they're portrayed in this, you know, very kind of almost like sexy kind of a lot of ads. I mean, it looks like the woman's like ready to have sex. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking about it and we grew up with it so much that we barely even question it. It's just part of like the air we breathe. But I'm thinking, what does that really do to a young girl who's developing her identity as a woman? It's like to be a woman is to be super, super sexualized in a way that you don't see men being sexualized. I mean, what if there were all these pictures of guys and little tiny booty shorts bending over oh, there are, the beard. Well, there are some. <laughs> well, send there, them over. <laughs> there's the guy, the, no, the guy that was the actor in The Bear, I forget what his name is, and he just won, I think, maybe he just won an Emmy. Like, he's got this underwear ad. Like, he's, I just saw him out on the street the other day, and he's just, you know, like, totally out there with his, I don't know if it's Calvin Klein's or whatever. So they do occasionally <laughs> thrust men into these embarrassing underwear ads. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. I haven't seen that one. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, you don't see that as much with guys, like little boys when they're like 12 years old, aren't thinking, oh, that's how I'm supposed to act. I'm supposed to, you know, and I just wonder like what exactly that does to the psyche and how women can, like, how can we have um, a, a relationship to our own femininity and to beauty that is healthy for us and that feels joyful and not kind of objectifying and demeaning. You know, as you're saying that, I'm thinking like you, you use the example of the little boy who is not focusing on, well, that's what I'm supposed to act like. And I think about all the different ways that for for better or for worse. <laughs> those are some sorry. Sounds. <laughs> I'm <just> sorry. <laughs> wow. Uh, so I'm thinking, well, maybe maybe men are seeing other things. Maybe, well, like they they have the, the I don't I don't even know. And I'm I, I don't even want to go speculate on that, but maybe they're rep- they have other aspects of masculinity that are being represented besides that one superficial thing. Maybe other things are also being superficially represented, but it isn't that one. And then I thought, well, what else, what would be a positive view of womanhood? What do we not see represented? We don't see uh, the older woman. Yeah. 97 cents says Benjamin is hungry. Like that was your stomach growling. (laughs) But um, so we don't see the, as you said, the crone, right? The the matriarch, the older woman represented very much. There's not a, a lot of that. That How is that going to be used for advertising or something cool? And we don't see, as I was also thinking motherhood, the mother. Be, and, and is that because we have a culture that's obsessed with population control? I mean, our, my, even my mom would say that uh, in, in the seventies, when she was having babies, there was this real push to not be a breeder and to think about how many children you're having limit family size and people there, you know, there's this like sort of trend in the younger people to look down on people who wanted to have families. And has Mm -hmm. that not continued? Do we not have sort of an anti-human anti-birth element in the culture that, that goes along with the climate alarmists and the other sorts of messages we hear about uh, con- conservation and environmentalism. So with, with the anti-human element, the anti-birth element, does that not also punish us for moving from the developmental stage of the attractive ingenue into the, uh, the mother who is now nurturing young? Is that, so maybe it's not all just this like focus on sex culture, but it's actually, there's also a sort of a stop put in. I don't know. What do you guys think? Depends on where you're looking at ads. Like I don't, even have a tv but like when i've been somewhere where it's during the day if it's during the day and it's like there would be i don't know cereal things that moms would buy so there mm-hmm. is advertising that would show moms but it's not going to be like the fashion advertising well it's not just something. ads yeah. right it's not just ad driven, right? about marketing okay yeah okay. yeah no i i yeah 
Well, is there a market for moms anymore? I mean, a lot of disposable income is for those wine cat moms, right? The wine moms with the cats, the little wine cat ladies. <laughs> like the you know like I, like the tote bags at Fred Meyer that say wine is basically fruit salad or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, that. Benjamin, and they've gone the, oh, okay, and they've gone the other way with doing the body positivity thing. So that there's been this well, we can show bigger people. It's interesting what they are including that wouldn't have been like the norm of beauty or something like that but then the category like you said like older people or whatever the categories that they're not touching yeah sorry i'm gonna send you something leslie to put on the screen if you want to oh sure sure randall sawyer in the chat hi randall he says leslie please mention my preference for use of phrase complementary sex over opposite sex which i mentioned thursday mm. that was a, yeah i liked that idea randall's in so i like ground. that we had a conversation about that. yeah all right, I'm looking at That's what you nice. said, Benjamin. You guys go ahead and chat amongst yourselves while I try to figure out what Benjamin's sending me. I'm watching my puppy take a crap on the floor and thinking this oh, is why wow. Benjamin Boyce does not want a dog. I don't want a dog. <laughs> Thank goodness this dog. isn't a scratch and sniff conversation. I am going to pack mine up and ship him to y'all. Oh, no, I don't want a dog. But he loves you. Call <laughs> a trick. <laughs> All right, I'm going to share this thing that Benjamin sent. Here we go. What is this? Can you guys see this now? Oh, I remember this one. Okay, yeah. Tell me, tell me about this, Benjamin. Well, I mean, is that not like uh, the image of a certain type of consumer, right? Like it's literally the consumer. And it's like a, it's a COVID picture. It's this woman drinking a cocktail, cats taking a shit, uh, you know, messy room with a gloves on the floor and the mask and the, the all this disposable amazon boxes and stuff like that so like to what degree is mother when you target mothers are you targeting uh you're, you're targeting like women are what 70 to 80 percent of the economy like the buying power buying. of females is like like 60 to 70 percent right so if you're trying to capture that, you can capture them being a mom, but there's also this kind of like this daydream of this woman who's like, despite being a mom, she's still like at heart, like this single woman of the city, you know, kind of thing, maybe. Mm. I mean, it, what I think, I think a lot of what you guys are talking about is it, it's like, it's appealing to women. It, it's there because it works. And it's working on women because it works on women. So there's some sort of cycle or psychology of women around beauty, around self-care, mm. standing in your vibrance, you know, like, oh, just you like to make fun of that. Well, no, there's like, you know, like you guys love to be foofy and woo. You like that, you know, you like your little Oprah and Winfrey up to a certain point, you know, it's like, uh, you know, you have your little cherished things. Like, you know, if I, if I, manifest my intentionality you know like it's this, like this soft kind of it's a female thing to like want to manifest things you know so i mean a lot of what you're talking about is just like where it kind of goes off the rails you're like wait that we're we're astray girls listen girls we're, we're getting a little over there like young girls like you know it's okay don't cut your tits off <laughs> yeah i know it's it sucks for men to make fun of you it it sucks but you know and it sucks when they don't pay attention to you too. And it sucks that you care what they think about you. Like why why not just not care about that? Hormones. Hormones. Yeah. We're all well, led around by our hormones. It's easy to judge on the individual level, but I guess I'm more interested in understanding the phenomenon and where it where it's come from, where it's going what these kind of conversations about it represent in terms of it, like cultural level introspection. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that that is uniquely female typical. Mm -hmm. I'm curious with, I don't know a lot of the trad influencers. I'm curious. I know some of them are more like get married, have babies, but I'm wondering if any of them spoken about the beauty stuff as well i don't know if benjamin do you know or if any of them have spoken about this whole cultural beauty thing that's interesting i mean there is that like there's critiques of the trad 
influencers because they are like the epitome of, you know, uh, they're manipulating, you know, they're, they're over determining, like, watch me be a trad woman in front of a camera baking a pie with like my tatas, like jiggling around. It's like, wait, no, you're actually a porn star in a blue flannel dress thing. It's like, like, um, yeah. Watch me like, please my husband before he comes home. You know, it's like, Oh yeah, you're, you're pleasing more than just your husband here. This is not trad. So, I mean, there's that like obvious manipulation of that. Yeah. And, and how does influence work? I just, you know, is everybody trying to, to change the world through influence? Is that just the thing that how you know, I mean, from advertising to influencers to people who discuss social trends and try to warn others, it's communication. Yeah, it's actually like it used to be a astrology term, uh, influence, like the flowing in of ethereal fluid. Oh wow. That's affecting human destiny. So influence is like uh it has something to do with like uh, the same uh, word for like what do we call celebrities. It, it's like this it's celebrity comes from like it's another term. Or luminary, a luminary. Yeah, it's like this the hmm. stars, you know. Oh, that's cool. We call them that, like the influencers, the stars. They're like radiating. They're built out of light and sound, just like we are. So yes, we are all we are all just like pouring out our charisma. I'm sure charisma is also another. You gonna look up the etymology charming. of that one. Word. like greek or something yeah favor which huh. is more ecclesiastical or latin it has more uh, uh to do with church stuff but it is like it is a magical kind of thing to influence to seek yeah. to influence well and it's like the the idea of a social contagion is a pejorative phrase for something that is also attempted constantly by people for what they believe are benevolent reasons, right? Like yeah. we're trying to make something catch on. We're trying to make awareness of this thing catch on. I mean, that's like the whole conversation around the harms of DEI or the way that we think about critical social justice. It's basically a bunch of people trying to have conversations in order to bring awareness to other people in order to make them say, I think maybe this thing over here isn't such a good idea. So if you're not trying to create some kind of contagion, well, what are you doing? So there's just different frames for it, for the same thing. I'm wondering with the contagion- <laughs> your stomach again, Benjamin? <laughs> I do wonder though with the contagion, if they're, when that's used, it appears that people's rational capacities are not so operant. Like it just, you know, it's not like people just sat and considered something, reasoned through it, and then they all adopted it. I think with the contagion thing, it seems like it comes in in a way that uh, the ordinary process you might go to evaluate something might just be missing. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Well, this ended up kind of scattered at the end. I think this conversation <laughs> is so it's there's so many moving parts. It's hard to know what yeah. the thread is to pick up. Any final thoughts? Maybe Jennifer? <laughs> About your dog. I'm thinking, oh my God. My dogs, my dogs are killing me right now. That's my thought. Oh, no. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Terrible. They're killing me. Doggy momhood is killing me. It's very oh. joyful, but it is killing me. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Deborah? Do you have any anything that you wish we'd focus more on or would want to talk about more about this? around this in the future well it's also i think with the boys too and i think i mentioned that too uh, in another thing but the idea of having elders and sort of guides for younger people traversing you know whether it's rites of passage or like something traversing through these stages and it just doesn't seem like we have that whether the young people just think the the olds don't know anything or no one's taking that on or uh, I'd like to see more of that. I don't know what the best form of that would be, but I, I'd like to see more guidance through these for both sexes. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you, Benjamin? Uh, yeah, the the ephemeral is uh, 
It's catchy. It's shallow. But it, it also has a place in life. The mm -hmm. way one looks. Mm -hmm. The presentation. The loving your own voice. Like, why would you why would you talk at all if you didn't love your own voice a little bit? But, you know, like, to speak for the sake of hearing yourself speak is one thing. But, like, to, you know, enjoy yourself. You know, enjoy your wife. It, it's It's great to have pretty things. <laughs> i don't know like like you know like the ancient wisdoms of like the monotheists it's like yeah enjoy the wife of your youth like enjoy the fruits of of, mm -hmm. of life you know that's what i think that when i was talking earlier about what would the healthy relationship with beauty be and i think it's joy yeah. i think it's enjoyment yes be an enjoyment enjoyer Thank you guys so much for this conversation and thanks to everybody who joined us in the chat. We will be back next Monday and maybe we'll see some of you at solid ground. See y'all later. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.